General Kenobi. Welcome to episode 8 of Hello There, a Star Wars podcast, your weekly show for all things Star Wars. My name is Anthony Palm, and with me, as always, is my good friend, Nate Hicks. What's up? What's up? And uh, so this is going to be the first episode we have that uh, is going to be going on YouTube, I think. Um, but we'll, we'll let you know more about that at the end of the show. Uh, so we just want to jump into it a little bit for this week's episode... Uh, we're still going to be talking a little bit about Solo this week. We're going to talk more about the soundtrack than the movie itself, although, of course, that's going to uh, bring up moments in the movie. Um, but we do just want to start off the episode uh, by addressing the elephant in the room. And uh, so this past week, and really the past couple months, there's been a lot of toxicity in the fan base uh, for Star Wars, and especially, um, allegedly around uh, Kelly Marie Tran deleting her Instagram uh, due to harassment. Now, there has been no confirmation from Kelly Marie Tran or her representatives saying that that is the reason. Um, so we do need to kind of watch what we say a little bit, but we can. I think it's safe to assume it probably had something to do with it. Um, and then there was also another situation that happened on Twitter uh, with Star Wars writer, uh, comic book and novel writer Chuck Wendig, uh, who was calling out some fans with some explicit words. Um, so, but let's just jump into it. Nate, how you been? What's What's been going on with you? It's been a busy week. It's been a E3 week if you're into video games, uh, which that actually ties into our first segment. But uh, yeah, how you been? I've been good. Yeah, I've been good. Um, to kind of to, to add on to what you said at the start of the show, <clears throat> it is one of those things that that probably does have a lot to do with it because if you guys remember, Shortly after the Force Awakens came out, the same thing happened with Daisy Ridley. I remember, I don't, I don't think that was like public to a lot of people. I just remember because I had followed her on Instagram prior to the movie releasing, and then a few months after release, I couldn't find her on Instagram anymore. And then doing some digging in like some of the Star Wars forums, it was like, oh yeah, she she deleted her Instagram account. And <clears throat> because I remember there was a little bit of backlash with her being the lead in Force Awakens as well. So, um shaking your head yeah it's 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 crazy to me that i okay so i'm gonna kind of tie these two things in together even though they are mutually exclusive the chuck wendig situation has nothing to do with the kelly marie trans situation as far as i know at least uh it looks like people were harassing him over his uh his novels and his comics just saying that they weren't good or that they thought he was bad a bad writer or whatever Allegedly, again, I you know I didn't I didn't dig too deep into this. I kind of just kept the surface level information. Um, but that that supposedly he said like he he uh, let me let me pull the tweet up. It was something along the lines of he woke up in in a hole of shitty Star Wars fans. Or let me let me pull it up. 
Uh, chuck one thing. A good thing that has come out of this, though, as far as the Kelly Marie Tran situation, is I've seen a lot of the community, a lot of the Star Wars community from different edges come together in support of uh, supporting her, you know, giving her good good wishes and, like, you know, giving her good responses. Because, you know, there are some people in, you know, the... I feel like a lot of the stuff that she got kind of goes back to the conversation we had last week with when we were talking about Solo and the hate it was getting is like the people who are giving her hate are either on one end maybe the really really hardcore that think that like a lot of other people the last Jedi ruined their childhood so maybe they lump into there or it's just people on the surface who just like Star Wars movies or it's the mainstream that are like but either way it kind of falls into the realm of trolling because even if I don't like something, I'm not going to go tweet at them personally or I'm not going to go respond to them personally. Yeah, see, that's that's kind of where I fall. And that's kind of why I wanted to bring this up is whether or not Chuck Wendig was right to call out the people um, kind of, you know, that were uh, bad mouthing him, whether or not he's right or wrong in that, it still was a thing of this is where I get kind of it's it's. it's it's kind of a gray area and uh with kelly marie tran i mean if you don't like rose tico that's fine if you have a criticism of her her character that's fine i did like her personally i didn't really like the canto bite storyline but i I liked the character fine i thought it was just Mm -hmm. the the detour in the story i didn't really like but i would never go out of my way to try and you know insult or or degrade the actress that played her first of all it's not her fault like yeah and and these are things i shouldn't even have to say this should just be common sense but a it's not the actress's fault it was the writing uh or the director which you know the director did write it in this case ryan johnson um and b like like what is it solving by by bad mouthing the actress and making her feel bad about herself you know it's just doesn't make any sense. Well, that, that's um, the thing is that the most of the hate that I saw was in response to her character, but the more disgusting things were the people who were like basically like calling, like degrading her as a person, you know, saying things about her appearance in, in a negative way. I mean, it was just stuff like that. It's like, okay, you not like, don't call yourself. I don't want to say don't call yourself a star Wars fan. Cause I can't tell you what to like or what not to like, but it's like, be a good, be a good human being. Like, it, but the, the thing about it is, the peep it's it's a hard it's a hard thing to talk about so so we won't talk about it too much but it should be common sense be a good human being but because uh, star wars is such a huge has such a large fan base and you have stuff like this that happens i don't think it necessarily puts a bad light on the star wars fan base but to some people it's like you know ooh like i think it, there's see that's the thing is i don't think it should i think it does because yeah. there's and I don't even know if it's the vocal minority anymore because I feel like guys like you and I, we love Star Wars for what it is. Whether or not we like the decisions made in a movie, we still accept it as canon. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, I didn't like the Canto Bite stuff. Like, I didn't, I didn't really like it really at all aside from I, I did like the – the I'm so Wendigo for some reason. The um, the Fathiers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't know why that, that – But it's that still canon. Right. It still happened in universe. You know what I mean? So whether yeah. or not I liked it or not, it still happened. So I have to ex- – I personally choose to just accept it as it happened even if I didn't like it. Yeah. And that's just me. And I feel like anyone that's so up in arms about these movies, I understand criticism. Like, trust me, I get it. Like, I'm 
I love the prequels, but I am still a big critic of the prequels. You know, like you can like something and still be a critical of it, or you can just dislike something, but then dislike it to yourself. You know, like you don't need to go yeah. on like a crusade to try and decanonize it. I just, and I, this kind of happened last week where someone on my timeline on Facebook was like posting a, a, a petition of trying to decanonize Solo before it even came out. This was two weeks ago, actually. And I'm like, dude, like, like, why are you, you're ba- when you do that, you're basically saying no one is allowed to enjoy this. When, when you're yeah. saying that you want to decanonize a movie that's not even out, you're saying, A, it, it's kind of what you said, where it's it's people that were so upset by The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi that they're already hating Solo before even seeing it. Yeah. But B, like I said, I just, I can't stand when people are, st- when they act like they're a bigger fan than you to the point where they say, you're not allowed to enjoy this or you're not a real fan. I can't stand that. Because uh, like I said, I'm okay with people having criticisms of the Star Wars movies. They're not above criticism. You know what I mean? They're not high cinema. They're, they're, they're yeah. fun. And, and if you don't like what, what's in them, that's okay. But my problem with these people with the petitions is if you want them decanonized so bad, just pretend they're not canon. <laughs> like, just go watch yeah. the original trilogy and pretend the other movies didn't exist. You have yeah. the ability to do that, you know? Like, you don't have to... You don't have to go see these new movies in theaters. Like, that's okay to do. You can put your money where your mouth is. That's fine. But then stop telling me I'm not allowed to like Solo. I thought Solo was was a really fun, great movie. Um, maybe not great. Maybe very, very good. A, a fun, very good movie. Um, and maybe the second time watching, I might even like it more, honestly. Because uh, yeah. I'll pick up on more stuff. <clears throat> but... We, uh... Oh, God. I was, I was just going to say, I was just going to end cap. We live in a very interesting time where me growing up watching star wars that was a very like before i really got onto the internet it was a solo experience for me like this is this is my star wars this is no what i enjoy yeah solo yeah right no fun intended that you know this was it was so personal to me i mean and it still is but you know you have a combination of the internet expanding a lot more within these past 10 years and me getting online and getting in more of these groups and seeing the reactions to people. I mean, I remember being shocked when I went to go buy the Star Wars movies on Blu-ray. And you go to Amazon, and it's got three stars, three or two stars. And it's because people are bitching and complaining about the special edition uh, added effects that, that Lucas had put in. And the yeah. versions. And, and it's just... Go ahead. I'm kind of with you. Where And yeah. I had the same experience with uh, with... I know you know what it is, but for listeners that don't know what it is, uh, I've been a huge fan of this video game series called Kingdom Hearts for a long time. And growing up, it's kind of the same with Star Wars as well, but I I feel like Kingdom Hearts is a very good example of when I played those games, like when they first came out on the PlayStation 2, I was the only person I knew that liked them. I didn't know anyone else even liked this game. And now that social media exists, you know millions and millions of people that love this franchise, and they they start to become critical of things that you loved about it. And you start to maybe feel bad, not me specifically, but like in general, like a person might feel bad about something that they liked, but then for some reason, you know, like everyone else on social media hates it. And the prequels are a prime example because I loved the prequels growing up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I didn't even realize people hated them growing yeah. up because I was so young, obviously. So I just didn't, you know, I wasn't, um, yeah. you know, I, I didn't get on social media. I mean, I guess I was there for the origins of social media, but it's a different story for a different day. Um, but I, I loved the prequels, and then my freshman year of college, I met one of my good friends from college, and I, and and she was like, "Oh, what's your favorite Star Wars movie?" 
And I said, uh, I, th- I think I said Revenge of the Sith, maybe at the time. And my favorite always fluctuates. But at the time, I think I, I might have said fa- uh, Phantom Menace or like Revenge of the Sith, just because for nostalgia reasons. Like I love Darth mm-hmm. Maul, so I think I might have said it at that time. You know what I mean? Like the the original trilogy usually is what I say, but I think for some reason I said Phantom Menace. Um, one of the prequels it wasn't attack of the clones but it was either phantom menace or revenge of the sith and she's like what how do you like that that's the worst one and i'm like what like i was like so <laughs> caught off guard by it i was like what do you mean it's the worst one because to me i don't look at them as and i guess this goes for kingdom hearts as well and this goes for just kind of things i like in general that and like lord of the rings would be another good example of the movie specifically obviously the books are untouchable um where i look at star wars as I don't put Star Wars on a rating system. You know what I mean? It's just it's yeah. just Star Wars. And when someone else is like, oh, it's terrible. I'm like, but why? And they're like, oh, well, I didn't like this. And I didn't like the midi-chlorians. And I didn't like the blah, 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 blah. And I'm not getting into Phantom Menace 8. That's, yeah. Yeah, it's 2018. We don't need to talk about that. But but it, it just it was a very shocking thing to me of like, it, it was a culture shock, I think, of something that I loved growing up. And now all of a sudden there's this whole other universe I didn't know existed of people hating on things that I liked and making me feel bad for things that I, I mean, again, with a grain of salt, I wasn't like depressed about it, but I, it was one of those yeah. things where like, I loved the, this movie and suddenly I'm a, uh, like a, a quote unquote, not a real Star Wars fan, according to, um, what's his name? Uh, the, the guy that played, uh, Unkar Plutt, um, Simon um, Pegg. Uh, Simon Pegg. Yeah, Simon Pegg. Where, like, he, he's saying if you like the prequels, you're not a real Star Wars fan. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, yeah. I was always a Star Wars fan as a kid. Now I'm being told I'm not a Star Wars fan yeah. because I liked the prequels. And so it's just interesting to me that, um, and just to circle back to the Chuck Wendig thing and the Kelly Marie Tran thing, is it's interesting that we have literally the polar opposite ends of the spectrum where both of them were getting harassed by Star Wars fans, quote unquote Star Wars fans, you know, because obviously I don't really respect any star wars fan that is going to go out of their way to make a creator or an actress feel bad about themselves i just not yeah. gonna respect them you're just a terrible human, human but they're claiming being, as I mean, they're claiming a star wars fan and i just find it so interesting that we have polar opposites where chuck wendig goes out of his way to insult them which if you're disney you're not happy about that because whether or not right. they're right or wrong like i said you just don't do it and then yeah. you have the other end of the spectrum where instead of saying anything at all kelly Marie Tran just kind of leaves instagram yeah. And obviously, I, I respect Kelly Marie Tran for it because she's getting like legitimately harassed, and I don't blame her at all. If, if that's her choice, that's you know I, I respect it. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's just very interesting that in the same kind of couple like days or weeks, we had both kind of examples of of it, and I, I think it just spawns from this toxicity in this fan base that I just don't understand like what these people are trying to accomplish. You know what I mean? Like you and I, we're on the same page as each other. We yeah, we we take Star Wars for what it is. We're not expecting us to change it. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we're just kind of consumers of it. And whether or not people are going to call us Disney shills, whatever. I mean, uh, d- d- trust me, if Disney was paying me to not badmouth them, I would not be sitting in this room with this cheap green screen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, to, 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 <laughs> I guess to kind of give a little funny story to kind of, kind of what you're talking about. Um, the other day, we'll get into this later in detail of, of why you were texting me but i was watching um tv with my wife and um you texted me and then you texted me again and you texted me five more times after that and she was like what is anthony texting you about and i looked and i was like 
Oh, it's it's like I said, it's it's kind of an obscure Star Wars thing, and I I basically gave her the rundown about what you were texting me about, saying that uh, it was basically someone was added to what looked like the original canon, and she kind of looked at me and she goes, "I don't I don't understand what it is about you about Star Wars for you and Anthony that you guys can talk about it literally every day." <laughs> and I was trying to explain to her. I was like, "Well, it's kind of like," and she goes, "No, I don't have anything that's like that." And I was basically, I've told her before. I was like, "It's one of those things that for for us growing up, Star Wars was this world that we wanted to exist in. Like this is this like whenever I think of my childhood, I think of Star Wars very intimately because it was so special to me. I literally watched it whenever I was a baby, you know. And it's it's something that I've always loved and always you know will love. But it's one of those that you you've talked about it multiple times and even today. It's we take them as they are." You know, it's it's just Star Wars is a part of our lives, and that's something that will hopefully for the foreseeable future never change. But we can just look at it at such an atomic level and dig deep into it and always find an in- interesting thing, either whether it's added or if it's something we just didn't know. You know, it's this world that George Lucas created that we want to know more about. You know, and, and it, it's, it's a lot it's not a surface level thing kind of like i guess you could say with the marvel movies you know people love and enjoy the marvel movies but they kind of are what they are star wars is more to that at least to me yeah and it's you kind of hinted at the holocron for this week too which uh is uh is gonna be it's gonna be maz kanata just so everyone knows so we're gonna talk about maz kanata later um, yeah there was something that i noticed uh earlier in the week and that's actually what you were talking about when you were saying you were talking to like when Chelsea asked why I was messaging you yeah. um so we'll talk we'll talk about that later um but I, I think that we can kind of move on from this now and we both agree like it's okay to have criticisms of Star Wars and it's okay to disagree with choices made but when you're you know harassing people it's it's just not okay it's not okay no matter yeah. what the situation it is whether you're talking about vampire diaries or you're talking about football you know what i mean it's just not okay to harass people and um and 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 to that same point i i do agree whether or not chuck wendig was right to be angry i don't think it's fair uh to disney not and again people call me disney show whatever i don't really care about how much disney stock is um but i I don't think it's fair to lucasfilm i think would be better maybe not disney but lucasfilm it's not fair to them that he's going out and he's insulting people on social media um, but yeah, so let's, uh, let's kind of close that out there. Cause that's kind of, you know, we talked about that a lot. Um, yeah, we still have my, some other stuff to, <laughs> we still have some other stuff to talk about. Um, so yeah, let's move on to, uh, so our next topic is going to be what was announced at the E3, uh, the E electronic arts. So EA, uh, press conference at E3, which is the electronic entertainment expo, uh, which is basically just a giant video game conference week. And so they announced, or they revealed a couple things. Uh, they talked about some Battlefront 2, of course. But uh, the first thing they did, actually, I don't remember what order it was in, but um, no, <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Yeah. The first thing I want to talk about is, uh, so Vince Zampella, head of Respawn Studios, uh, announced that Respawn is working on a Star Wars game titled Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, and he did confirm it takes place in between episode three and four takes place during the dark times you do play as a jedi uh during the you know the days of the jedi purge 
and that was it that's it that's all they said that's all he said uh we didn't have any concept art we didn't have any logos anything it was literally just andrea renee who was the host of the ea event uh just talking to vince in the crowd <laughs> and that was it and then they moved on um so i figured we could uh we could just kind of speculate maybe are we going to play as a character we already know or are you going to be able to um kind of interact with characters that we know is this going to be kind of its own little side thing what do you think because we know nothing about it right yeah he which you're right i appreciate how they announced it because it's one of those hey it's probably a long ways away we don't really want to show anything to get you too hyped because it, it may take longer than, than than we think but it was just so funny how it was announced because it, it they showed something they showed like a gameplay of, of something else and then it cuts to andrea renee in the audience and she's talking to vince and he's just like so yeah we're working on this thing and I, like that was the extent of it. Like like Anthony said, they didn't they didn't show anything of. He was of super nonchalant too. He was like, "Yeah, we're working on a Star Wars game. Yeah, yeah it's uh it's called Star Wars Jedi Fallen Knight. Yep, and it takes place in the dark times, and that's it. <laughs> like that's like literally all he said. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so I was speculating maybe you play as and I don't know I didn't read the book so I don't know exactly what happens with him, but I was speculating maybe you play as Quinlan Voss. Maybe it's like an Asajj Ventress Quinlan Voss story. Maybe. Maybe the kind of the where my mind was going whenever I was watching it was, um, if it's if you're playing as a Jedi, it's set in the dark time. The first thing that popped in my mind was maybe your character, kind of kind of similar to um, Kanan and and Rebels, of you're a character that is basically new. You don't really know this character, but he's he exists in this in this time so you'd basically probably be playing as a new character but someone who is canon so it's someone you would get to get to know while you're playing um because i don't necessarily see them picking someone who we already know like someone who is who was alive during at least part of the dark times like a jedi that we already know um i see them kind of the same way i would see like whenever I was talking about earlier with uh, someone else about um, this isn't Star Wars related, but if they make a new Splinter Cell game of how maybe you won't play as the character you've played as for years to get new people into it. So that would if I was EA, if I was Respawn, I would probably pick someone who maybe like you said, could be someone who is is a Legends character that they could just easily put into here and make it canon or or something like that because this game is going to be canonical every content going forward is going to be canonical whether it's games books or movies unless they say otherwise i think oh yeah no it's definitely going to be canonical they said anything that they uh, anything disney makes post like legends like basically like saying like the old eu is now legends like anything after that is canon except for like the kids books like the ones that are like 10 pages long with the big cardboard like pages right i got um and the, the, the Freemaker Adventures or whatever that was, the Lego one, that's not canon either. Um, although some debate it. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, so I was thinking maybe you play as Kanan. Like when you said Kanan, I was like, oh, do you play as Kanan like before he met Hera? Because Kanan's, you know, Kanan's what? In his 30s, you got to guess, in Rebels? Mm-hmm. So maybe you play as young Kanan after the Jedi Purge, after, um, you know, after his master's killed and all that stuff. I mean that would be e- that would be easy. Like that, you know, it's a character. Or at least maybe already... Kanan's in it, even if you don't play as him. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I I just think it's too, it's too good, too ripe to have Quinlan Voss in it to not use him. 
at least yeah. at least have him be like a guy you get quests from or something you know just have Quinlan Voss in the game I feel like he yeah. he's too rich of a character to not use and he's around we know he's around and we don't know how his story resolves I don't think um, as much as much as I would have liked another game similar to 1313 you know that was canceled a while back ago yeah. I do think this is cool I, I like well I like especially... that you're playing a Jedi because we don't yeah. get a lot of Jedi games anymore as a kid, I remember being disappointed by a lot of the like Jedi Academy and stuff like that. As a kid, I would play these and like the first portion of it, I didn't have a lightsaber. I was like, why the hell do I not, don't I have a lightsaber? Like that's why yeah. I want to play these games. So, you know, that, that makes the childhood me a little bit happy, but um, yeah, it, a third person like bounty hunter game would be cool. And maybe that is still in the works. But when you combine the fact that, like you said, you'll be playing a Jedi more than likely it'll more than almost certainly it'll be third person. And it's set in the dark. I'm pretty times sure it's between, confirmed third person. Uh, in the dark times between three and four, all those together sound like a recipe for a really good Star Wars game. And I, I trust Vince Ampella's team, like I immensely. I, I love. Yeah. Um, they made Titanfall one and two, uh, which I love, and their pedigree is the Modern Warfare series, Modern Warfare one and two, which were the good ones. <laughs> Modern Warfare three wasn't as popular, and that was not them. Um, so I mean, they okay. have the track record. They are a proven studio. Um, right. They have you know two excellent games as Respawn and two excellent games back when uh, when Vince was with Infinity Ward, and I'm pretty sure most of his team was from that Infinity Ward team. Uh, so I, I'm I'm excited. I mean, this game seems like it's a very 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 long time out. Uh, so I, I don't expect to get any more news anytime soon. You expect like a 2020, 2022 release date? Hell, this if if the consoles, in, I would say twenty twenty consoles because I don't think it's be gonna be next year. Game. I think it'll be on Xbox One and PS4. Maybe like a Last of Us where it's like PS3 so. to PS4. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I can see that too. Um, but also announced at the EA conference, uh, which actually was announced a little bit before it. Um, at least it, the. Okay, so there's a couple things with Battlefront 2. <laughs> Let me just jump into it. So the solo <laughs> season, we talked about it last week. It was either last week or two weeks ago. I think it was two weeks ago, where we were both really disappointed that all they added were just skins. And yeah. it turns out they are adding Kessel, like I said they should do, before I knew that they were doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to take credit for that, even though you know I'm, no one's going to care. Um, so they're adding Kessel, which is cool. They're adding the Extraction game type, which was my favorite game type from uh, game mode from Battlefront 1's DLC. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm really excited that they're bringing Extraction back. I hope they have it on other levels too, not just on Kessel. Uh, but I'm glad they're bringing that back. And they are adding young Lando, young Han skins. Uh, and also Lando's Falcon is going to be a skin for, for the Falcon, which I'm assuming is the Han and and Chewie Falcon. Um, because I'm, I'm sure they're not going to add a third Falcon that you can choose. I'm sure it's just going to be a skin from one of the two existing ones. Yeah, it's not going to be a sp- like another item. It's going to be a skin. Right, right, right. Because there's yeah, there's yeah. currently the Chewie and, and Rey Falcon uh, playable, and then there's the Han and Chewie Falcon. So I'm assuming it's just going to be a skin for the Han and Chewie one. It'll be the Lando one, uh, Clarica- which will have... Clarica- clarification for me, because I haven't seen... Is the is the Rey and Chewie one the one with the red accents, and Han and Chewie's is the one that's just like the basic gray because i don't always remember the red accents being on like the original toys for the falcon like before i don't know i don't even know if i ever noticed that Re- the one ray's falcon has the square dish and uh okay. and okay. and hans has the the round one which that, that's like the main thing that i noticed the difference between um but now that i think about it i feel like it might actually be a new falcon because they're gonna have to add that escape pod on the front of it 
Yeah. And I feel like that's more than just a skin. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah, like an actual new model. So, we'll see. Uh, we'll find out soon. But, uh, yeah, so they are adding Young Han, Young Lando. I think they, they're they adding a Chewie skin as well. I'm not, don't, uh, I can't confirm that, but I it think they newer. mentioned it, that. It looked like the Chewie from Solo. With the, with the goggles, like the maybe? Thing. Yeah, yeah um, I think so. It would have been cool if they added Kira or L3. Uh, L3 would have been But I don't cool. think, I, I, w- I would have been happy with the Kira one, too. But, yeah, they're not, I, I don't think they're adding... Um, any other actual characters? I think they're just adding the skins for Han and Lando. Uh, but the the Han character with the the Alden skin sounded like it was Alden. I don't know if it actually is him, uh, or if they just got someone very similar. But it sounded like him, and uh, and the skin looks very good. Like it looks accurate. Both the uh, the Lando and young Han look like Alden and and Donald Glover. So uh, that's cool. It's not a huge update, but again, it is a free update, but it's better than I initially had thought the solo season was going to be. I thought I literally thought it was just those uh, skins that I mentioned earlier with like the skiff guard Lando and the, the Boosh uh, Leia, which that's going to tie into the Holocron as well, uh, but we'll get there. Um, mm-hmm. But the big thing that they announced, and I feel like they kind of teased this in the past, but it was confirmed is that they're going to be focusing on the Clone Wars for Battlefront 2 in the future. Uh, they're going to be adding Geonosis, which is going to be the biggest map yet for Battlefront 2. Uh, they're also going to be adding four new playable characters, uh, playable heroes, which I am very, very excited about. They're adding, for the villains, they're adding General Grievous and Count Dooku. And for the heroes, they are adding Obi-Wan. So we're assuming it'll be, you know, uh, Ewan McGregor's likeness. And then Anakin from the Clone Wars. Now that um, that's what I I wanted to ask you about. Do you think that they're going to do Anakin from the Clone Wars likeness, like the animated series, and kind of make that more realistic looking, or do you think they're going to go Hayden from Revenge of the Sith Clone Wars? I don't know because um, they didn't show anything. All they showed was a picture of General Grievous. They didn't show Dooku, Obi Wan, or Anakin. This is the thing I really don't know because. For Battlefront 2, I personally like the uniforms, the outfits that they had, that Obi and Anakin had in Clone Wars compared to the movie. Like the armor with like the, sh- the yes. shoulder armor and stuff? Yes. Yeah, I like those. So two. they'll either do a custom character with the likenesses of Hayden and uh, Ewan, or because you know, I don't think they're going to do the character models for them in the Clone Wars and then have Grievous and Dooku look the way they do. Because Grievous and Dooku look very different in Clone Wars than they do in the movies. I think Grievous looks looks close. He does, but, but I mean, Dooku for sure. He's got that different, like yeah, he's got a very large different. jaw and a very squared, yeah. uh, like a very not squared, like a very triangular beard. Um, so I think I definitely, do they'll definitely go. They'll definitely go the uh, the 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 um, Sir Christopher Lee likeness yeah and definitely they have to go the Ewan likeness uh, they have to um we'll see well that should be coming up that'll be the next season i think i hope uh so that'll probably be july august maybe i don't know how long the seasons were how long was the last jedi season three months maybe longer so. than that i think it might have been like four or five months so we'll see but you know when we get more information on that we will uh check in again um, but I'm excited that they're just uh, acknowledging the, the prequels. They're acknowledging the Clone Wars era. I think Geonosis could be a fun map. Um, I hope they do more prequel era stuff. I mean, Kamino could be explored a little more, I think. Um, 
I think now, that good. I will say the, with the news with the prequel season, the Clone War season, this may get me into playing Battlefront 2 multiplayer because like I've said before, I started the campaign for Battlefront 2 and then just because of the just the 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 negative air around it, I never really got into the multiplayer of it. But not only the Clone Wars thing may get me excited, I don't know if you heard, but at their EA press conference as well, they were talking about new modes that they were adding. And it sounded like they were they were adding some more starfighter modes, but they it, it what sounded like to me they said was I can't remember the mode that they called it, but it sounded. I think like they called I, it. I forgot. I forgot they mentioned that. I think it was called. <coughs> excuse me, choked on my coffee. Um, I think it's called Galactic Conquest, which was a mode which is, from the original Battlefront games. That's what I pl- well, like. Whenever I played it solo, that's what I would do. I would get my ship, go into the enemy ship, and then destroy their life support systems, like destroy everything from the inside, <laughs> and then run back out. So if that's the case, I would love to play that in an actual multiplayer setting. Yeah, I'm excited just for the fact that they're adding new stuff because for so long this game was just kind of stagnant, and it just kind of was like, oh, here's a crate level. You know, that was kind of it. Let, and let's give EA or let's give the team a little bit of a shout out because they did acknowledge that they messed up with the whole the you know micro. Oh, they were things. very, very, very not subtle about the but fact they, that they know they screwed up with the loot boxes. Um, but they actually, also brought up. Go ahead. Not good. I was gonna. I was gonna say they also brought up that they are doing what they can to fix fix the things that were messed up and then add on to it like they they actually came out and said that they weren't going to be like oh yeah we're just going to do we're going to add stuff here and there they 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 were like we are fixing it we're going to add stuff to make the game better and And so that's what i was going to say is i did hop into the multiplayer again briefly uh, but i did hop into it the other day and it does seem like they've totally overhauled the leveling system and the way you unlock upgrades and stuff and um it kind of made me want to jump back into it uh, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to really go hard in the solo season. I do want to try extraction, see how that plays. Because, again, that was one of my favorite modes on... Uh, was it Solace? I think was the was the map that had... It was the Outer Rim DLC with Solace. I think it was extraction. With extraction? I think so, yeah. Um, I think it was either the first or the second DLC. I'm pretty sure it was uh, on Solace. Because I remember it was like a very like uh, craggy-looking... like. Uh, gray planet with like lava everywhere, which would be solace. So, um, but I really like the game mode. So I'm I'm gonna jump into that when that drops. I think later this week. Um, but I think th- the Clone Wars season I think is gonna be what I'm really gonna try and jump back into it. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, so that was really mostly it for Star Wars from the EA conference. I don't expect any more Star Wars news coming out of E3 this week. Uh, we're recording before uh, Square Enix's press conference before sony and before nintendo i'm 99.999 sure nothing will possibly be shown at nintendo uh but there's always the off chance that uh sony might have something there um but we'll see we'll keep you updated uh so let's move on to our last segment for the week and that is uh, we wanted to talk about the solo soundtrack uh which obviously was a uh Released. It was actually released after the movie came out, I think, or it was like the same week. Yeah, it was. I don't remember the exact date that it came out. Yeah, because I was looking for it, like you know, before Solo came out. I was like, oh, you know, because I because I listened to the Last Jedi and Force Awakens before the movie came out, just to kind of get the feel for it. Um, I think Rogue One was a similar situation. I don't know if the Rogue One soundtrack was released before Rogue One came out. Uh, that was, Rogue One was scored by uh, 
uh, is uh, Michael Giacchino. I think his name was. Uh, he did the right, the well, original score for Lost, the the TV show, and he's he's done a bunch of other stuff. But that's what I knew him from. Uh, but so Solo, a Star Wars story. This soundtrack was written and composed. Uh, so the main theme, The Adventures of Han, which is track one, that was actually composed by John Williams himself, uh, which is only fitting because, you know, John Williams had been writing Star Wars music for, you know, since 1976, and he had never written a, a Han theme. And so he's like, all right, I'm going to come back and do it. Like, I'm not letting anyone else do this. Yeah. Um, so that was that was written by John Williams himself. But then the rest of the, the score was written and adapted by John Powell. Now, I'm not familiar with him or what he's been, uh, he had done in the past, but I have to say, I'm really impressed uh, with how Star Wars it sounds without sounding like he's trying to just be John Williams, if that makes any sense. It, it, it definitely has, the soundtrack has its own character, and which I think is fitting for the movie. I think it would have been kind of weird if the, if the soundtrack was scored by John Williams. Kind of what I was talking about last week where I kind of saw Solo as kind of more of a Clone Wars, like in in kind of uh, atmosphere like that kind type of tone, than, yeah, yeah, in the in the tone, yeah. So it's only fitting that the soundtrack is unique as well. Um, my favorite thing, jumping into it, my favorite thing about the soundtrack is I love like just the consistent. I, they sound like taiko drums. They're either toms or taiko drums. I'm not really sure, but there's a constant. Per- percussion throughout every song and like deep percussion like i think it's in either meat han i think it's in meat han like there's like a good like yeah I, yep i know what you're talking about um yeah. I, I think that was really spread out throughout the score um but i think like, mind mission it was it was present as well too what mm-hmm. i really liked about the score was i i like han's theme I think I, I actually was very surprised because I was listening to it in my car. I just threw it on and then I, I wasn't looking at it, obviously. So I actually thought that Meet Han, track two, I thought that was written by John Williams. But the adventures of but Han. But that, that was John Powell. Right, yeah, yeah. I just didn't, I wasn't looking at it. Um, and I really enjoyed the Meet Han uh, track. I thought it was, it was very mysterious and very kind of, I wouldn't say hopeful, but very kind of like, adventurous i, I think yeah. I, th- I think adventurous would be the, the good tone um which track one it, it is very you know very like hopeful and adventurous and, and kind of upbeat whereas yeah. meet han was a little darker um and then corellia chase kind of follows that up very well what i love about the soundtrack though is the entire uh kind of emphasis nest theme or uh, like that kind of motif that it went with the chorus i mm-hmm. i thought it was awesome it, like that that stood out to me in the movie like like immediately when I saw Emphis Nesta, that 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 choral kind of motif stood out instantly. I thought I thought it was so cool. I thought it was very interesting uh, that they went choral with this movie because uh, the only other movies that have really done that were the prequels. Because obviously yep. we, you know we all know Duel of the Fates uh, with the uh, with the Sanskrit and then um, Attack of the Clones had a little bit, not a lot, but then Revenge of the Sith was very choral heavy as well. With um, you know, with Anakin's Battle dark deeds heroes. and uh, and and uh, Battle of the Heroes, of course. But uh, Anakin's dark deeds was very heavy on that. Um, the uh, I don't remember the track name, but the you know, uh, I think it's Palpatine's teachings. 
uh, where he's at the you know, Anakin and him are at, yeah, the, at the, um, the the Montgomery Opera or the the uh, what was the ballet I think it was considered. Uh, the and then there scene. was Padme's <laughs> ruminations. There was a lot of choral stuff in there, so it's very interesting. Yeah. It doesn't really hearken to those, but it's just the fact that it was just a chorus, uh, which it sounded like a women's chorus, but it could have been a, just a high men's chorus um, or a choir rather. Uh, but I thought it was awesome sounding. I thought it was very interesting and unique. It reminded me of the Clone Wars, like you said, uh, which I loved, and it it made Emphis Nest. It gave it gave Emphis Nest and her um kind of squad a very mysterious kind of aura around them you know like it, it was very cool and they were kind of dangerous but also you got the sense that they were kind of up to something more than just being bad guys you know yeah on a on a very surface level uh view on the soundtrack i think the th- one thing well one thing for sure um no matter what you think about the movie you can't really hate on the soundtrack like the soundtrack which to my point with a lot of other Star Wars soundtracks, because I've listened to, you know, growing up, I've listened to them all over and over again. It, with the solo soundtrack, I could easily put that on in my car and jam any song and, like, just listen to it, like, on a very, like, I just feel like listening to some music. You know, whereas, like, when I go to listen to the uh, soundtracks from the other movies, those for me are kind of more like, let me listen to this experience. Like, let me listen to it from start to finish. And uh, that's, that's the yeah, way I, I would agree with that. I think that the solo soundtrack, it's fun. You know, it's fun like the movie. Yeah. It's fun. Whereas like with with Revenge of the Sith soundtrack, I that's probably my favorite. Like pound for pound, yeah, same. Revenge of the Sith is probably my favorite score uh, by John Williams and just overall in Star Wars. But when I put that on, I'm replaying like, hey, like okay, so in the beginning, like the, in the opening, you know, the main theme. Yep. And then it leads into the, you know, kind of the space battle. I'm like recalling all the moments that those yeah. that that music corresponds to in the movie. Um, and especially like uh, Padmaid's Ruminations and Anakin's Dark Deeds and, uh, you know, all the and Battle of the Heroes, of course. Uh, I, I'm kind of as I'm listening to it, I'm thinking about the movie, whereas with the solo score. I am thinking about the movie a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, like Corellia chase obviously is very, very prominent in the start of the movie where, you know, it, it's the chase. <laughs> it's a chase yeah. sequence. Um, but just in general, I, I just feel like it's a very, uh, very fun score to listen to where you can just put it on and just kind of have it on in the background. I was playing Hearthstone on my computer yesterday and I just had the solo soundtrack on in the background. And yeah. it just, I was like, you know, there's a lot of grooves on this, on this uh, yeah. soundtrack, like a uh, mind mission. There was, there was like a really good groove in that. Um, what do you think of Chicken in the Pot? Because that came on, I was like, "What is this?" And then I was like, "Oh, right, this was the source music in the movie." Yeah, I because it caught me off guard. Like, I was like, "How is this part of the score?" And then I was like, "Oh, it's not part of the score. It was. It's basically the Cantina song for Solo." Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> there was a lot of things like I kept having to look at my phone whenever I was listening to it, and I'm like, "What is this?" Oh, okay, okay, that makes sense. You know, um. But at, like as I was listening to it, I kind of the main thing that I got like as a soundtrack as a whole, the main thing I got into is it reminded me of the fun I had while watching the movie. Right. Like I could see the scenes that I was, uh, you know, but at, at the same time, whenever I was listening to it, I was like, I don't remember hearing that. Like there was some some either I. Do you just... feel like the mix was very low? Aside yeah, from okay. Emphasis, that one very that one stood out a lot. But I, I do feel like the mix was very low in the movie. Yeah, I feel like I heard the the film audio more than I heard the actual soundtrack whenever I was watching the movie. Like I couldn't picture some of the scenes from the movie because I was like, wait, I don't remember hearing that. 
Well, see, it, it was it's interesting because coming out of Solo, I couldn't tell you what Han's theme was. And now, now that I've listened to the soundtrack a couple times, now I know it. You know what I mean? But coming out of the movie, I didn't really, I couldn't really tell you what it was. And I do, I really think, and I can't wait to watch this on on home video on Blu-ray to pay attention to it. I really think the mix was just very low. I think it just wasn't. It's not even that I didn't recognize it. It's just that I feel like I couldn't really hear it stand out. You know? Do you think that's that's f- f- like to film, or do you think that's f- uh, from like the beginning editing of the movie? Like, do you think that was the the theater's fault, like the mix that that was in the theater, or do you think it? I'm was not just sure because, like, like I said, Emphasis Nest theme stood out like a sore thumb, and like that, like that was Emphasis Nest theme when they're on, um, you know, during the train sequence. I don't remember what planet it was. Apologies, yeah. um, but when you know during the train sequence, and Emphasis Nest shows up to try and steal the coaxium. Uh-huh. That was the first moment I really stood out, like of oh, there's there's the score. You know what I mean? Like I, I knew it was there, but it was kind of more subtle until that moment. Then I was like, oh, there's the music. You know, the moment I had whenever I was listening to the soundtrack, I think it's on. Maybe it's Corellia Chase. Let me look. I have it up. Uh, it's either Corellia Chase or Spaceport. I think it's Spaceport. But that moment when towards the end of the song when it hits that hard break i was like oh that was the moment that the gate came down and it split um kira and han like i remember that scene from hearing that in the soundtrack like that that one stood out to me when that happened i heard that score just blaring because it was supposed to like i can't think of the word it was supposed to go with what was happening in the scene but that was the only time that I remember. But I mean, besides Infinite Nest, that was the main time where I was like, "Oh, there's the score!" Like I hear it very prominently. Yeah, that's and and of course, things that stood out for me were callbacks to like the Rebel fanfare when uh you know when they're in the, the Falcon for the first time and um you know like when the Empire shows up when they're uh, when they're leaving Kessel Th- those things uh. stood out to me as well, of course, just because because they're so recognizable. Um, but I can't wait to watch this movie again. And kind of with the intent of listening to the score in the background. I, I love yeah. that when I, when a Star Wars movie comes out on Blu-ray and I can really just study it. Yeah, uh, I can't. I can't wait. Um, but yeah, so I, I really dig the score. Where does it? Where would you put it? If you had to rank, uh, just just a loose ranking of the Star Wars movies, what would your ranking be, real quick? You can just do all nine that are that are out. Uh, loose ranking. Oh God, this is hard. We'll, we'll do an in-depth one at some point because yeah, I'll, this doesn't have to be. This doesn't have to be. You know, uh, uh, what's the word? Like, uh, it doesn't have to be uh... like concrete. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Concrete just, just thing. a loose, like off the top of your head. Like, what you know? Just off the cuff, uh, I would probably say Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith is number one. Um, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do top three, just because. Okay. That's fair. I would say probably Revenge of the Sith is number one. Um, so far, I would put Solo probably at number two, and then I would wow, say, uh, yeah, it's just off the cuff, just because I've just been listening to it recently. Okay, that's um, so maybe recency bias. Yeah, and probably it's it's either. A New Hope or Phantom Menace is number three with okay. an honorable mention to Rogue One because I really liked Rogue One's score. Yeah, I thought Michael Giacchino did a really good job. I think John Powell did a... I don't want to say a better job because I don't want to minimize the Rogue One score. I think that... Well, he I, made it... I just think that... I think Solo 
sounds more like a Star Wars score to me, if that makes sense. Well, to me, it sounded like um, like Rogue One's score could easily tie in to the rest of the Star Wars movies, like the movie itself. Solo's score and John Powell's score, it it really, he made it his own. Like, it was very unique than anything else I've Right, heard. that's what I said earlier. Is it, it sounds like he was inspired by John Williams, but he wasn't trying to imitate John Williams. Yeah, so that's why I think... I like it better than Rogue One, but I really did enjoy Rogue One's score. All right, I'll give you my top five. Uh, so me. number Jesus. number one's going to be Revenge of the Sith. It's just hit after hit after hit on that score. I, yeah. I just I love it, um, and I feel like the the main theme to Revenge of the Sith is the like that's that's my like Star Wars opening. Like if someone says put the put the theme to Star Wars on, that's the one I go to is the Revenge of the Sith one. Because um, I love the way it goes into the, and the, it's really disappointing that the the drums are on the, uh, the album cut. The, it was like, in the movie. The like when it start, yeah. Like the, it was kind of almost. It reminded me of like Lord of the Rings, uh, with the drums in the deep segment. Um, which yeah, was in the, yep. it's in the movie. It's not on the on the record, which is a little disappointing. Um, but I just lo- I love the the force theme variation in in, in the beginning of that. Like at, at, you know the main theme ends and then it comes into the. Uh, you know, when in the in the film it pans up to Obi Wan and Anakin flying uh, past the Jedi cruiser, and then it pans up, and then you see the other Jedi cruisers, and then you see all the giant the giant battle over Coruscant, and the the Force theme variation on that, like I just I love it so much. And then it goes um, to the droids theme, like the Grievous and the droids theme yep, during yep, the space battle. That part, yeah. Um, so Revenge of the Sith one, two has to be a New Hope, just because there's so much iconic music on that on that uh, score. Uh, between yeah. the the Jawa theme, I, I love the Jawa theme so much. It's so playful and fun. Um, obviously, you know, binary sunset is that's like that's the the Star Wars theme outside of the main theme. That's like everyone thinks yeah. of, of binary sunset, um, which was originally Obi Wan's theme, uh, but now it's just kind of mm-hmm. turned into the Force theme. And John Williams has actually even acknowledged that. Um, so, so a New Hope would be second for me. Three, it's a toss up for me between Empire and Phantom Menace. Because Empire has, you know, it has that's the Imperial March's debut, you know, and Yoda's theme. I love Yoda's theme. It's it's so mysterious and so hopeful and so kind of it has this aura around it with with Yoda's theme. So I, I absolutely love Yoda's theme. Um, and, and listening to it just makes me think of like like uh, when Luke says, "I don't believe it," and Yoda says, "That is why you fail." Like, yeah his theme encompasses that you know what i mean like it's mm-hmm. it's hard to explain more than that um so i feel like i'll go i'll do two number threes and then i'll do a five because uh, I, I feel like empire and phantom menace are tied because i love duel of the fates i love uh both variations of it that you know the coral one and then the one that was actually in the movie with the horns um i love anakin's theme which it's so awesome how it deconstructed the imperial march and turned it into like a you know almost like a like a a hopeful child's theme and it calls mm-hmm. back to the imperial march subtly and i love that i love the um uh noble end you know spoilers but that, that's a great track as well and i love um yeah i just like lost my train of thought there's another track on phantom menace that i love oh uh, yeah so those are tied uh if i remember it, i'll bring it up and then five might be solo i really like this solo soundtrack man uh, I'm gonna have to sit on it more. I'm gonna have to go back and and you know what? Five is tied between Solo and Force Awakens. 
Just uh, just on on our off the cuff rankings. When we do, if we do real rankings, I'll I won't pick any ties. But off the cuffs, because Force Awakens, I forget. I love Force Awakens too. I love I did, I, that yeah, kind I, of. You, you did or didn't did like? Too. No, I yeah, did. No, I did. But you sang it. It popped in my head. I was like, oh, I really did. Because the Scavenger too. is a great track, and da- uh, I was Daisy's theme, um, Ray's theme. Though you know, those are both two great tracks. I, I love Ray's theme so much. Um, I love, and it's not really Kylo's theme, but it kind of, like, it is, but it isn't that when, like, he's landing at the beginning of the movie. I love that. Like, that's, like, one of my favorite kind of, like, darker themes of the Star Wars universe. And that's, like, one of the first things I noticed uh, musically in Force Awakens was that theme when Kylo lands. I loved it. Uh, Because it was just similar enough to the Imperial March, but it also sounded new. And um, so I love that. And then the Jedi Steps. It's just, it's so good. Jedi Steps is so good at, at the end of the movie. Because um, that, again, like John Williams is so good at capturing kind of a mystery kind of tone. Um, but he's done it so many times with so many different songs and they all sound unique. You know what I mean? So it's, he's so good at that. And uh, Jedi Steps is great too. So that's my loose ranking. I, I gave you six. Uh, maybe in, the, in a couple of weeks, maybe we'll do actual rankings of the scores. But I got to listen to all of them over again. Because I'm sure there's, because um, like Attack of the Clones, I wouldn't put it as my one of my favorite scores overall, but Across the Stars is one of my favorite uh, favorite themes, so it's 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 tough ranking them, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So that's gonna wrap up us uh, this week's talk on solo score. I'm sure we'll talk about it more in the future, um, especially because I want to dig into it more. I want to give it a couple more listens. I only listen to it a handful of times. Uh, we'll talk about that more in the future. Let us know if you think uh, the same as us with a solo score or if you didn't like it for any reason. Because um, I'd, I'd be interested to hear from someone that didn't uh, like it as much as us. Because um, I, I want to know what your... And I actually genuinely want to know what your criticisms are. I'm not just... Uh, you know, obviously, <laughs> as we as we said in the beginning of the episode, you know, I am open to criticism. I just don't like when people are blindly hating on things. So let me know right. if you didn't like the solo score and why. Because I, I, I'm genuinely interested. Uh, so we're going to wrap up the show now with our weekly holocron because uh, we, we skipped the holocron last week, right? Just because we wanted yeah, to do the solo spoil, thing. It was just a so- solo reaction. Yeah, yeah. So this week, so if you're new to the show or if you jumped in on one of the last two episodes, uh, we do a, what's called a weekly holocron. We're going to spotlight really anything from the Star Wars universe. It could be a vehicle, a planet, a person, uh, you know, a, a species of alien. It could be anything that we just want to talk about for the week. Uh, but this week is going to be a person, like I mentioned previously, it is going to be Maz Kanata. Now, Maz Kanata, uh, played by uh, Lupita Nyong'o. I'm sure I'm pronouncing it wrong. Apologies. Um, but oh, she right. she is... <laughs> she, she's so good. Uh, like, this character was so good in uh, Force Awakens. I thought, I thought Lupita did a great job. Uh, and <laughs> she was in Last Jedi <laughs> not very long um, but so um, I, I mostly think of Maz as, as from The Force Awakens um, but so w- the reason I wanted to talk about Maz this week uh, was Nate you were mentioning earlier about what I was texting you about uh, and Chelsea was like why are you guys talking about Star Wars all the time yeah. <laughs> what spurred that on is I was looking at uh, I was in Battlefront 2, the video game, and they added the Boosh, like, uh, bounty hunter outfit for Leia. You know, the outfit she wears in Return of the Jedi when she's sneaking in to save Han. And in the title card, it said that Leia had gotten that outfit from Maz Kanata. And I was like, it, it took me aback. I was like, didn't 
like didn't they already have a backstory for how they got that outfit and it kind of it was like wait a minute how like they're rewriting how leia got this this bounty hunter's outfit from a story that happened in 1980 and like, is this too much like is this going too far with rewriting the old canon to fit new characters um so what do you, what are your thoughts Maz is such a good character that I I am okay with them. Is the proper term retconning? Um, like I said, I thought that there was a backstory to how they got it. So if there was, um, technically it would be legends, which would mean that it was already retconned before they even added this. So, I mean, just for the sake of ease of use. Yeah. You could just use the word retcon. So, I'm fine with them if they if they. Here's the thing, it's either this is a new character that they that they had in the Force Awakens, or she was a character that has been known before, but maybe just not to many people. The reason I say that is, Anthony, do me a favor and scroll down a little bit, and look at the picture that's right below the picture of her statue from the Force Awakens. Oh, uh, okay. So this, all right. So this, okay, so what we're looking at, we're on uh, Wikipedia, which is the Star Wars uh, wiki, and we are looking at Anakin Skywalker's statue of the Pirate Queen from Phantom Menace, which looks conspicuously similar to Maz Kanata. Now, there's no confirmation that's her, is there? No, the text says, while living on Tatooine, Anakin Skywalker was known to have acquired a small statue of Maz from a passing trader, and it was present in his home when Jedi Master Qui-Gon Jinn came to Tatooine during the invasion of Naboo. Um, I think that she... I now, think this that is Maz... saying it is Maz. Like, that, that is, like, blatantly saying this is Maz Kanata. Yeah. I don't she... know if there was... Was there ever confirmation that it actually was Maz in any... Like, was there... A, a visual like like in in the visual guide to force awakens what did it call back to this you know what i mean was there any official like confirmation from pablo or you know the the story group that this was you know depicting maz um either of us maybe can tweet at pablo and be like hey and he won't reply has... or he'll give us a cryptic response yeah it could be but um i personally never heard of maz until the force awakens and then to me, after the Force Awakens, all the other like you know when we read last shot, like she was in that, and then they made that connection that Han has known Maz for a long time, and I, I really don't know. I can't answer that question. <laughs> so it's interesting because they do. Han says, you know, she's been around for you know almost a thousand years or whatever he says, and. So that implies, like, all right, she was around for, like, the Jedi Purge. She was around during the old, you know, the, the old Republic. She was around for all these eras. And so that's, you know, just directly implied by Han saying she's been around for that long. It's just interesting that they are now plugging her into all these different little things. Like, oh, she was there when, uh, you, you know, she like, she was there when Leia needed Han to, you know, needed to save Han, you know, earlier than force awakens which is the first time we see her you know what i mean so it's like yeah we're led to believe han knew maz in like you said in last shot before he even knew who leia was and this was still you know a generally younger han solo so then he's already met maz so we don't even know when he really first met her 
I think it's just interesting. Um, I, I like the character. I just don't know how I feel that they're starting to plug her into all these different little things. I just because, like I said, it kind of just caught me off guard of like, like Maz gave Leia the Boosh outfit. Like it was yeah. just very, very strange. And I'm not even saying I'm. I don't like it. I'm. I'm okay with it. Like it's not. I'm not. I'm not saying like, oh, this is ruining. You no, know, they're 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 retconning. What? I don't care. Like it's fine. It's fine. It just yeah. it just took me aback for a second. I was like, wait a minute. Like, was that always the case? Like, when they came out with Force Awakens, did they say, like, when Force Awakens came out, oh, hey, by the way, this character was there? Or was this something they just added last second for the for the Boosh card in Battlefront 2? You know what I mean? Because yeah. if they just made it up on the spot for the Battlefront 2 skin, I think I'm less okay with it than if it was just... That was that was known. It was a known yeah. fact after they had... I think Maz was a new character for Force Awakens. I think that, that little totem that Anakin had was just a easy way of kind of saying hey even though this is like technically a character we created for this movie we were inspired by a thing that was existing before could be could be i mean in the in the wikipedia she earned the reputation of the name of pirate queen because um she would allow traveling smugglers to reside in her home on takodama right so it, it could be a character that has been around as long as this universe has been created and Maybe only a few people knew about it, or it wasn't someone who was like in the limelight like a lot of other characters were in the Star Wars universe. So that's kind of one of those things. It's it's a double sided coin. It's either it's a character that they created for the Force Awakens, and now they're trying to basically say that she's been around since you know the beginning of the trilogy, the beginning of the saga, or she's always been around and we're just now bringing her to the forefront like you think they're like the idea of the pirate queen was around for a long time and they just never had given her a name until force awakens yeah like like maz kanata as an idea was always floated around they just never actually like did a concept art for her character likeness and cast you know so um maybe i think that's that's a possibility that the whole idea of a pirate queen probably existed uh in, in some form maybe in the eu um if anyone knows you know write in let us know um but I just, th- I just think for Maz, and we can get into a little bit more of her now because we, you know, like I said, I wanted to bring up the whole adding, plugging her into stuff. But I mean, what do you think of just Maz in general? Because it seems like she's a force sensitive uh, character. I don't think we know her race, do we? Yeah, no, it, doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't doesn't say her race. It doesn't give her race. It just says she's a force sensitive humanoid female who was born over a millennium before the brewing war between the First Order and the Resistance. What I would be curious to know is, did she ever interact with Yoda? Because obviously Yoda was around for, you know, over 900 years. So um, yeah. that I think that would be a compelling story of maybe like in the Old Republic era, uh, you know, did she know Yoda? Or even maybe in Resistance, like the Resistance era, um, you know, the, the forthcoming anim- uh, animated series, like did Maz know old Yoda? Yeah, you know what I mean, and maybe that's how she was in the know with with Luke's training and and how Luke lost the lightsaber, and maybe she, maybe Yoda was like, maybe Yoda sends her to go find the lightsaber. You know what I mean? I, I yeah. doubt it. That's I doubt gotta it. Be, that's got to be either in Favreau series or Resistance. Like we have to see how she got the lightsaber. Yeah, I, I, I doubt I that Yoda's the one that sent her. Like I just speculated, but it would be cool if it was something like that. You know? Yeah. Um. So I would be curious to see if if Maz had any any interaction with Yoda. Um, but it definitely seems I, like she was more of the smuggler type, and um, yeah, as as we see in the Last Jedi, she gets her hands dirty as well. Um, I personally want to know. I, I want to. I want to physically see more from her character. 
and her performance because I, really I I hope that I, I hope Maz is a is a much bigger character in in episode nine. I feel yeah. like they just kind of the rumor that I heard, and again, take this with a grain of salt. It's a rumor, but the rumor I heard is that they contractually had to have Lupita in the movie, and so that's why they just kind of kind of uh, funneled her into that very brief role when that could have easily been Lando Calrissian. Um, that's that's my speculation is why that wasn't Lando is because they had to fit in Maz somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I hope Maz has a very expanded role because The Last Jedi, it's... And the more I think about The Last Jedi, the more complex my thoughts on it become, which this is, again, a topic for another day. But The Last Jedi, it was so... The, the pace of it was it was such a brief amount of time from the start to the end you know what i mean like it's just it's i feel like it's like 14 hours you know like from the start to the end of the movie like that's yeah. the time span it, it crosses whereas force awakens you know it it spans you know days or weeks or whatever mm. and so it yeah it was tough to fit maz in i guess and so i, I really want to hear more about i want to see her sit down with ray and i want to see her and ray have a conversation i think that's what i want from from episode nine yeah and talk about Han, because Han, you feel Han's presence in the movie, but no one talks about him. I mean, even even Ray or like when Ray and Kylo are talking, neither of them say Han's name. I mean, Luke is the only one that he says, "Where's Han?" But yeah. that's the only time he's ever name dropped. You know, I mean, so like Ray is like, "Why did you? Why did you kill him?" Or what? You know, and he, she's like, "Why did you?" And stutters, and then Kylo says, "Say it," but she doesn't say, "Why did you kill Han Solo?" She, you know what I mean? Yeah. She, so. I hope that they talk more about just kind of the the stuff from Force Awakens that never got brought up again. Because <laughs> I yeah. do feel like a lot of the Force Awakens stuff kind of was overlooked. And I think Maz is just... She's a character with so much potential and, and she could be such a cool character. And she was a cool character in Force Awakens. And then they just kind of... It didn't really go anywhere in Last yeah. Jedi. So My hope is that because Last Jedi was so go, go, go immediately after The Force Awakens, my hope is that in episode nine we can actually like if maybe the beginning of the movie it's a reflection period like let's yep. reflect I, on what's happened over yep, yep, yep. the course of how totally long. with you so yeah i i hope that it's it's it slows it down at least in the beginning of the movie because i mean I, i'm not saying i'm not saying i want like a, a 20 minute you know conversation with ray and maz about who snoke was like that's not what i want like i but yeah. i do want just like even if it's like a like a minute or two long just kind of like like conversation of like ray ray is ray hunts down maz and she's like yo i need answers and even if it's just like a brief little thing i do feel like maz needs to be more present in this movie because she was set up to be this this character that kind of was similar to yoda where she knows what's going on but she's not telling you what's going on you know yeah also, is Taco is her castle on Takodana? Is it completely destroyed, or is she rebuilding that, or or you know what's going on with that? I don't know. That that'd be interesting to follow up on as well. I don't know if they actually go back to Takodana, or maybe Maz just moved on from from the cantina. Um, even if it's like a hollow conversation, like I'm okay with that. Like like Ray is on the Falcon and she's talking to Maz. Like I'm even okay with that. I just think that Maz needs to be present in Episode Nine. I think she needs to be her presence needs to be felt. She doesn't need a lot of screen time, I don't think, because um, I mean, think about it. Yoda really doesn't have that much screen time in Return of the Jedi. But he's such. But an he's still he, he's still very present, um, yeah. and so I, I think that. And I'm not saying Maz has to be the Yoda of this this trilogy. I, th- I think that she can be her own character, but I do think that her presence needs to be felt. Agreed. Definitely agree. 
So that's going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, so hopefully episode eight of Hello There has been a little less divisive than episode eight of Star Wars. Um, <laughs> we obviously like Last Jedi. You're entitled to have criticism of Last Jedi. We don't want to start that whole rabbit hole of a conversation. Um, but thank you for listening. If you do have any questions for us uh, or any questions you want us to talk about on the show, you can hit us up at... Uh, you can hit us up at our Gmail, which is hello there podcast at gmail.com, or you can tweet at us. My t- uh, Twitter handle is at Anthony Palm. Nate is at 6617. So that's at SYCSTIX17. Um, do you have any closing thoughts before we, uh, before we end the show? Um, have any teases for things we may talk about next week? Because we do that all the time. Next week, I, I want to talk a little bit more about Solo. In particular, I want to talk about how they actually showed us how good of a pilot Han Solo was. We didn't talk about that last week or this week, but you know the whole Kessel Run, that was a fantastic scene, so I want to expand on that a little bit more. Okay. Um, Sounds good. But besides that, no, not really. It's it's This week has been absolutely crazy. Star Wars aside, E3 week is always crazy for everyone, so catching up on all the news and reading up on all that stuff. So, so uh, maybe I'll be a little bit more clear minded when we go into next week's episode. And we can talk some more about that. Yeah. This, this past week and a half for just being a star Wars fan has been very, very difficult to kind of focus because of the fact that, you know, all, all the, the Twitter stuff going on. So um, yeah. next week. And again, this isn't really a news podcast either. I know we've been covering a lot of news lately, uh, but next week we'll get back to just kind of analyzing Star Wars as it is. Um, so yeah, I, that, that's a great idea. Talking about Solo, um, talking about Hans, you know, piloting in the movie. I think that's that's something I want to talk about as well. Um, I think I want to talk about maybe. Um, I want to dig deeper into into Kira and that whole ending in in Solo because I think that there's some some cool stuff to kind of dig into with uh, with Maul. Um, so we'll talk about that next week too. Uh, but thank you for listening. This has been episode eight of Hello There, a Star Wars podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the discussion. Again, if you want to hit us up with any questions, talk about anything, or let us know what you think about anything we discussed, you can hit us up on the e- on the Gmail previously mentioned. Thank you all for listening. May the force be with you all. So uncivilized. <laughs>